Cascade Hoops Talk, bringing the world NAI basketball one podcast at a time. morning hey this is cascade hoops talk this is billy d how's everybody doing this morning man oh there is there enough basketball games on yet for you boy you could watch them sun up to sundown and not even catch a tenth of them hey today we have uh colin off the air he's the new head coach over at mount marty uh the interview was done a few days ago uh, right after they had uh won a pair of games for at spurgeon you'll hear coach off the air make references where you'll be able to tell it was done a few days ago just keep that in mind hey i want to remind everybody that uh second weekend i think it's the 12th and 13th of november will be at uh grace college there in winona lake for the hoops for hope uh grace college and huntington and west virginia tech will be there uh if you're in that area please get to that tournament number one it's for a really good cause and grace takes everything they make from the tournament and uh, goes to the charity. Also, it's going to be very good basketball. Also, number three, Grace College is going to finally play West Virginia Tech. And yours truly, Billy D, will be there. And I would love to say hello to every one of you. So get to Grace College. If you're in that Warsaw, Winona Lake area, watch some great basketball for a good cause and come meet Billy D. If you have uh, any other games or practices where you think Cascade Hoops should show up in that area, uh, let us know. We'll be there for a week all together. So just shoot me a note on Twitter. I'd really like to hear from you. Uh, looking forward to meeting as many uh, NAI fans as I possibly can while we're on the trip. So hang on for just one moment, and we'll have Coach Off-Ear. Cascade Hoops Talk, Billy D here. Have Colin Off-Ear today. He's the new head coach over at Mount Marty in the GPAC. Welcome, uh, Coach Off-Ear. Thank you very much for being on the show. Yeah, Bill, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. You're new to Mount Marty, but you're certainly not new to coaching. And I read through your bio, you're certainly not new to winning. You spent quite a few years at Augustana, and you also spent some time at Texas A&M Corpus Christi, both very successful programs. So first, what the heck just made you decide to be a basketball coach? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think the easiest answer, Bill, is I don't have very many skills. Um, I, don't, I don't have very many talents. And so um, I, I knew I loved the game of basketball, and, and I went to, to college to, to play. And I realized guys that look like me that are 5'10", white, slow, unathletic, and can't shoot it don't have much of a career of playing basketball. And so I had to kind of change course a little bit. And uh, I, I, I knew I wanted to be around the game, and I had a lot of very, very good, uh, good coaches when I was growing up. They were very influential in my life. And I think every – Every coach and athlete kind of has that person that they really connected with and, and had them fall in love with the game of basketball. And uh, and I was fortunate to have more than one. And uh, so it kind of just had my love and desire to it where I wanted to stay within the game but also make an impact um, and, and kind of feel good about what I do where I lay my head down at night knowing I'm I'm, I'm serving, that, that I'm I'm having an impact on, on people's lives. And, and using basketball as a way to do that is, is a pretty good way of uh, for me to take advantage of the strengths that I do have. You played at Augustana, was that correct? I did not play at Augustana. I actually went to Minnesota State Moorhead um, out of high school. Uh, Stu Ingen was the head coach there when I was there. Um, I redshirted my freshman year, 
Stu is a phenomenal coach, a dear friend, a, a mentor for me. And, and he brought in two transfers, one from Houston. His name was Cez Hensley. Um, he was one of the players that scored 100, uh, over 100 points in a high school basketball game. Wow. Um, and then Marcus Ebo, who was a transfer from Sam Houston State, who was a McDonald's All-American. And I just realized that um, I, I'm not like them. Those are talented players and really good guys. And so, you know, me and Coach Engen met, and, and it just wasn't going to be for me. So we kind of started uh, transitioning to coaching a little bit um, instead. So when you graduated from school, did you go to Augusta and start your coaching, or did you do that at Texas A&M? I was at Moorhead for a couple of years, and then I actually had transferred to UW-Superior. Um, Dave Buchanan had just gotten the head coaching position there, and uh, I had reached out to him because I kind of was like, oh, I, I want to play, and so maybe I should try a different level. And so he got the job, and he said, absolutely, I'd love to have some players. And so I, I went up there. I went through our first workout. I waddled home. I didn't walk. I waddled <laughs> home because I couldn't, I couldn't move. Um, I was sore. And I looked in the mirror, and I said, what are you doing to yourself? So I met with Coach Buchanan the next morning at 6 a.m. outside of his office um, and said, listen, I wanted to get into coaching. I'm not meant for playing. Can I help? And he was one of the strongest mentors that I had and um, a, a, a true friend. Um, that, that really instilled a work ethic in me. And we went, I was a student assistant there for two years um, and recruiting five, six nights a week uh, with Coach Buchanan and Derek Netton, um, who ended up leaving, was the operations at Northern Iowa for 10 years. Um, and Buchanan ended up being the, the head coach at Carroll, uh, Carroll University in Wisconsin, was the assistant at, at Drake and, and has since gotten out of it. So I went from UW Superior after two years to go to Augustana. Um, I had to do 40 credits in one year of an undergrad at Augustana, summer classes included because uh, I was trying to be the, the GA there. And okay. so I, I technically got my undergrad from Augustana in, in, in one year and then uh, started on my master's work after that. So I was at Augustana for three years total um, as an undergrad and graduate assistant. These programs you were with, though, especially Augustana and uh, uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, they were both very successful programs. I mean, you guys won a lot of games, didn't you? Yeah, you know, across the board, my, my experiences are unique because as much as it's winning, a lot of it is building. And so even my time at UW-Superior, um, you know, we went from, in my second year, we started four freshmen and a sophomore um, and made it further in the postseason tournament um, and then school history. And, and that second year started four freshmen and sophomore. One of those players became the all-time leading scorer. Um, one became an All-American. Um, really, really talented player. And so building there and then obviously coming to Augustana, um, and, and Coach Billiter was, I kind of jumped on at the right time. Uh, he, he had that foundation in place. Um, by the time I had gotten there, but we went to back-to-back -back Sweet 16s in my first two years there um, and, and had a lot of success. And then at Corpus, you know, we kind of inherited an academic academic disaster. Uh, Willis Wilson is the, just named the head coach there. He's the winningest coach in Rice University history. And we, we inherited a lot of ineligible players. And so we were one of the first teams to ever get the NCAA postseason ban because of APR, because of all the guys that we inherited were ineligible. Oh, boy. And so... We won six games our first two years, six games each year. And then our, that third year I was there, uh, we had the largest turnaround in Division I uh, that year, won 18 games, uh, semifinals of the conference tournament, and, and a, an absolute great game. Um, and it really, really was able to turn it around. And then two years after that, they played for a CIT championship, and I was already up at Augustana by that time. But really kind of building, uh, building those programs um, as much as just enjoying and um, winning, obviously. Definitely have a deep assistant coach career. Head coaching jobs don't come along that often. Mm -hmm. Talk about how you ended up at Mount Marty. That's a, that's a really good question. So, 
Uh, the pre one of the previous head coaches at Mount Marty University was Cody Schilling. Um, he's the head coach here for, for two years. And Cody Schilling had played for me when I was at Augustana. You have close relationships with guys. And so it went from a coach-player relationship to a friendship after Cody graduated. When kind of the news that, that Mount Marty had opened up, I had called Cody because uh, somebody else had called me and asked me about the, the job. And so I, I kind of was asking Cody some questions. And I, you know, he goes, well, I thought you were calling about, you know, the job for yourself. And I, I asked him, I said, well, should I be? And he said, absolutely. <laughs> and, and we talked for about an hour and, and just kind of the history of the school and where it was and where it was going, the leadership. And so I kind of went down the route of, you know, taking a look at it and then uh, visited with my wife. And this was a family decision for, for us. My wife is in PA school um, at the University of South Dakota. And so she's doing her rotations right now. But for her to be a PA and chase her dreams and for me to be a head coach, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of schools in the country that have a, a town, uh, a community, and a hospital system mm -hmm. that both of those can align. And I was never going to be a coach where it's all about me and my wife just has to jump on board. Not at all. I want her to chase her dreams. And I'm so happy she is, and, and I can be alongside and support her as she flourishes in it. And so this is a place that we, we looked into the hospital system and jobs for her. And then the, the community of Yankton, I mean, we've always liked coming down here. And then we got to know the school and then their values and their, their morals and their beliefs, they aligned with, with me and, and mm -hmm. what I appreciate about coaching familiarity with the background, because it is very, very similar to Augustana. It's a small private liberal arts school. I, I just, I really believe in that education that you get at a small private liberal arts school. And then you throw in the, the Benedictine teaching of it. I, I just, uh, it, it just became more and more where it was a perfect fit as we went down that road. And, just absolutely blessed to be here and, and honored that they, they they selected me to lead their program at a time where like you said it's it's been ramping up and and getting better and better over the years where, where it's kind of ready to take off and it's my job to get it to the next level so i noticed when uh you know in your bio when you got hired there you you, you talked about the importance of uh, involving the community and you know my personal experience growing up in a small town with an nai school is the athletic program doesn't really pick up unless the town owns it. It's theirs. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Yankton has seen some much better basketball over the last, what, two years. What can you do to keep that excitement going to make Mount Marty Yankton's team uh, and really build that community excitement? Yeah, a lot of it's about relationships. And I'm really big on two things, and, and I echo it to our guys every day, but communication and relationships has got to be phenomenal. And, and we have to work on it. And, and our relationships with the community members is extremely important. Um, and, and for example, today, we're not practicing today. That mean, doesn't mean it's an off day. I mean, we're serving the community all over. I got pockets of guys doing a little bit of everything um, when we can. And, and that's important. And, I, and we talked a lot to our guys earlier about the importance of loving and serving each other, um, but really the community of Yankton, because we're not gonna be able to do it alone. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we, we can't, if we're gonna get this thing where it needs to be, we need the support of the community around us. And so we have to be able to tell our players stories. Our, our guys need to be able to understand that it's not about them. It's about bigger than themselves. Um, it, it's their job to, to learn how to serve the community, how to, how to be mentors, how to be role models for younger kids coming in, how you go out of the way. And they've, and they've been doing that uh, a lot. I mean, I got players that are volunteering consistently at the homeless shelter in town three, three four times a week almost. You know, we're serving at the banquet tonight. Um, in, in town and, and honored to be able to do anything that we can to help others in the area. And so as we grow our relationships with, uh, with business leaders in town, uh, which you know gets them come to practices, be able to sit down and have conversations about our guys and, and uh, the progress that they're making, 
um, and being able to tell those stories, it, there's now starts to be a connection to the program um, besides just, well, it's game day and we're going to come and, and we're going to watch some guys play. It's, it's game day and I want to watch that young man play because I know what he's endured and I know how hard he's working. I know what he's been through um, and I'm cheering for him because I, I know what he's trying to do. Um, and when you can start building that connection, those relationships, um, that, that's when things can really, really flourish and take off. And it's, it's, it's our job to build those and, and get out in the community and do that. You're all your friends around the GPAC. They said, welcome to the NAI. And as a introductory gift, they handed you a, a next to last preseason pick <laughs> into the conference. I always say though, if I'm going to, if I'm going to coach, I want to be picked like seventh, eighth, ninth or 10th. <laughs> I don't want that target. So they might've just done you the best favor, but you have some good returners coming back, and I want to talk about those guys. Just talk about, in general, just talk about the team that you've put together. Yeah, um, it's funny. It's actually a testament to how good the GPAC is. I mean, right now, the GPAC hasn't lost a game yet, except for uh, Dort in an overtime loss to William Penn. Mm-hmm. And and Dort, Dort played a ton of young kids, a ton of freshmen, a ton of first games, and William Penn is is really really good mm-hmm. and i mean that's the only loss in the g pack for, for everything i mean i don't know what it is it's like 26 and one right now um or what, however many games people have played i mean it's it's uh it's a testament to how good the league is with that being said yeah when those rankings came out our guys were that that was a that was a very very uh somber day of practice in the locker room um guys were got, you could tell it hurt them and and it should um you know they felt they played for a g pack championship last year uh and you're right we do have a lot coming back tyrell harper who, you know, is averaging a double-double right now for us, um, who, who is very, very good this opening weekend of playing within himself and, and uh, playing, uh, taking, taking kind of advantage of the offense that we have to find his scoring opportunities. Elijah Pappas, who right now is becoming an efficient player, not, not a high-volume player, but he's coming efficient. You know, and last year he'd score a lot of points, but his, his percentages were so low. He'd score them on a lot of shots. Yeah. And, and right now he's shooting – um, mid 40s from three, 56 percent from two. He's averaging close to five assists and five rebounds, which is what he needs to be at. And he and he did a great job of running our show this last weekend of just our tempo and our pace and getting guys in the right page. And and it was just so impressive. I and mean, his game that he played on Sunday was a whole other player. And, and so I'm just proud of him for his growth and understanding of what it takes to to, to win a championship and how you know at the end of the day, stats aren't the only thing that you have to do you got to be willing to sacrifice to be able to win at an elite level. We added a, a grad transfer by the name of Nick Coleman. Um, Nick Coleman won an NAIA championship as a, as a freshman at Graceland University. Um, obviously, he, he's done something that we're aspiring to do, and we brought his scoring punch off the bench, and, and he can really, really score the ball. Now, with that being said, I want to make it very clear. Every single player in this program, I didn't recruit a single one of them. Not, not one player. I, when I, by the time I got the job, I, I re-recruited them. I re-recruited our roster because yeah. naturally some guys were, were doubting some things. And I had some conversations with guys about what our standards were going to be in this program and what our expectations were. And whether you played 40 minutes, four minutes, or no minutes, I wasn't going to let you slip below our standard and expectation. And I, I wanted to make sure that they knew that they were going to be accountable for their action. And if they really, really want to be successful in basketball, but even, even, even beyond that, that these are the things that they're going to have to do. And to their credit, they've all bought into that. I mean, better than I thought. And we got 34 players at our opening meeting, and we still got 34 players in our program. And that, that to me, means a lot because I we might have been around 25 this time of year. I didn't know if some guys would be able to make some of those changes. And, and they're the ones that are making the changes. So they're the ones that have made the shifts and how they approach things, building the relationships with their teammates, our, our class attendance, and our work in the classroom. 
Um, they're the ones that are making the changes, not me. I just get a front row seat to watching them grow. Um, and, and I'm proud of our guys for being able to do that. Yeah, it, it's a it's a talented group. We're very, very deep. Um, it's hard to play everybody. And we either you're either a senior or a freshman on our roster. We got two juniors, Cade Stearns and Chase Altenberg, but everybody else is either a senior or a freshman. And so we got it. We got a lot of guys with a wide variety of experience. It's been uh, it's been fun so far. So can you talk a little bit, Coach, about your you know your basketball philosophy? You know, in the G Pack, they play a lot of you know four out, a lot of shoot, a lot of threes, fast paced game. Just kind of talk about what is your type of game and what do you expect from your team? Yeah, it's, it's a good question because I, I think a good coach, rather than having a system and making players fit it. I have a, an idea and a philosophy and a style that I got to curtail to our player's strengths. And so it, putting a guy because he's 6'9 on the block every single possession just because he's the tallest guy on the floor, to me, doesn't make a lot of sense, um, especially if that's not his biggest strength. If he can, I mean, Tyrell Harper can really, really pass the ball. He's probably one of the best passing bigs that I've coached. I mean, he can see the floor and and uh, better than just, I mean, any guards. I mean, he can really, really handle it. And so... Um, well, I like posting him up. I like him handling that ball on the perimeter because he passes it so well. And so how we play in our style is always going to be predicated basically on the strengths of our players. We're, we're going to have different tweaks that we'll always do to take advantage of those strengths. And my thing is, it's I mean, I'm pretty simple. I mean, if you're good at something, do it. And if you're not good at something, don't do it. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, I don't get much more complicated than that. If you can shoot the ball, shoot it. If you can't shoot the ball, don't do it. Um, but if you're really good at getting to the rim, if you're really good defensively, uh, if you're really good talking, if you're a great leader, then then do that. But do what you do really, really well and avoid your weaknesses. Um, I, I try not to complicate it. So with this group, we we are definitely spaced. I just looked actually this morning. Uh, right now, we are leading the pace in terms of three-point rates. Um, we're leading the country in three-point rates. You know, we, we did get a lot of them up, probably a little bit more than I'd like to. Especially the second night, we got we got better quality shots and we didn't settle as much. Um, but I guess when you're four for 30 from three in the first half of both games, you kind of got to make some changes. Um, but the second half, we shoot it so well, and so that that's been good. I know we can shoot it better than than what we did this last weekend, even. So probably very very similar to the GPAC teams in terms of our our uh, our spacing and, and being able to shoot the ball. My pace, I probably like to play. You know, I like to play pretty fast, partially because I get bored. If we walk the ball up, I'm going to get bored. I, I don't, I don't have a high attention span. I gotta, we gotta kind of go, go, go. Um, and so we play fast, and, and our guys really, really like that. And they, they, they enjoy that style, and it gives them the freedom to play. Defensively, we're probably a little bit more athletic than other teams in the G Pack, and so we got to be able to use that to our strength uh, w- with our length and athleticism and playing to that. And so we kind of are implementing a system that our guys are are starting to embrace. I don't think they fully did the first weekend, but they did in phases and they're starting to see the success that when you do do it, the results that you get from it. Um, and so we got to keep hammering that down this week as, as we got another tough game on Sunday against Dakota State. And, and hopefully they uh, they continue to embrace that because they do see the benefits of, of how good we can be in the flashes when we do it. Coach, I have a very specific question about Tyrell Harper. He's only six foot six and he can definitely store, score the ball, but man, can he rebound? What what makes him such a good rebounder? A desire. Rebounding is an art. I, I mean, a rebound. You don't have to be tall. I mean, I, the kid that we just played this last weekend from from Spurgeon College, uh, Jude Warren, who I'll never remember or never forget because my first game. You know, you envision your first game as a head coach and how it goes. I never imagined a kid getting 52 points on me in the first game that I coached yeah. as a head coach. I mean, he was incredible. But at six one, he averages 12 rebounds a game. You know, rebounding is all about heart and effort and desire. And, and Tyrell just rebounds out of his area. He's able to go and he pursues them. And, 
you know, he understands angles and, and where shots are coming from and where that ball more than likely is going to come off at. And, and he goes and he gets them. Um, he's got a really, really quick second bounce, too. You know, when, it, when he shoots it and if it comes off, I mean, he's got a quick second bounce where he's off his feet or, you know, back on the ground and back up in that air real quick uh, to get those tip-ins. You know, I, I do think 6'6 might be cutting him short a little bit. I feel like he's a little bit taller than that. Either he's taller than that or I'm getting shorter in life. But um, I, I do think that with his length, you know, and his desire to, to rebound um, is probably his biggest asset and why he had such a good weekend rebound and why we're going to need him to be throughout the year. You know, you make a great point about that second bounce. You know, all the years I've watched basketball, the guys that can, after they come back down, get back up the quickest, they're the ones who get the putbacks. They're the ones who get the mm -hmm. second chance points. They score a lot of points and get a lot of rebounds. And you're the only other person I've really heard talk about it. But I think that's a – and I think it just comes natural. I don't think you can learn it. I think it's just you either have it or you don't. 100% agree with that. I, it's, a hard, it's a hard thing to teach. Um, and, and at the end of the day, when you watch NBA players, that's, that's their guys. I mean, they're shooting that thing. They're down. They're right back up there again. I mean, it's, it, you have to be an, an elite-level athlete. Um, you can do training, but I don't think it's like a drill you can do or anything like that. You just – some guys are blessed, and that's – we talk a lot about that. I mean, I, I was born the same year LeBron James was born. God spent more time on LeBron than me. <laughs> and and I get, I mean, he made a perfect human being. I mean, that is one perfect specimen that he built. And I wish you would have given me like 10 or 15 more seconds, um, but I get it, you know, and that's 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 life. And, you know, you, you can't gripe about it. You can't complain. You just got to make do with what you have. And so not everybody is as quick or quick second bounce or anything like that. So then be more physical, be more, be, be better with your technique. Um, have an idea of, of angles and where the ball is going to come off so you can predetermine it. Um, ha have just an innate drive and, and, and a hustle and, and love for doing it and knowing that stealing extra possessions are a good thing. And, you know, Chase Altenberg's the other one on our team that just, you know, he just goes every single time. You know, he's not, he's not built any different. He just, he just goes every single time. And so when you do that, uh, you are able to make up for it if you don't have that quick second bounce, if you just aren't that naturally gifted or talented sometimes. Coach, this year uh... – First year as a head coach, new team, new conference, new governing board, first time coaching <laughs> at an NAI school. What are your concerns as you roll into the season? And it's going to get real here real quick. And what, what are you really excited about? You want to talk about concerns. I don't know how long of a podcast this is, but I, mean, I could, I, I, I'm concerned about everything. Um, I, you just get, you're, you're paranoid at night, right? You're just nonstop. You're paranoid. Are we doing enough? What's our condition level like? Are we getting enough shots up? Are we doing enough study tables? Are we doing enough mentoring with our guys? Are we watching enough film? You know, I mean, you're, you're always concerned. And I, I will say this. One thing that this group has done a great job of is really buy in to our philosophy and how we're doing things. A whole new routine. I told them, this is, we're not a basketball team. It's a basketball program. Mm -hmm. But to have a basketball program, you need to have routines. You need to have consistencies. You need to have traditions. You need to have things that you do things a certain way because that's what our basketball program does. Not just because that's what somebody else does. No, that's just what we do. And I tell our guys all the time, I don't care what anybody else does. They're, that's different. That fits them. It needs to fit us. And our guys have really, really bought into doing that. And that's, that has alleviated a lot of our concerns. Um, I, I have guys that are asking questions in film, that are speaking up in practice, that are comfortable, um, that have taken down walls amongst them and their teammates. And I, I had a guy come in, they're like, Coach, last year I didn't even want to be in the same room as that guy. And this year he's like, he's like one of my better friends. Like I really enjoy hanging out with them. And, and that's important to me. And, and our relationships that we have in our locker room um, and our guys invest in each other and learn about each other's backgrounds and where we came from and why we are the way that we are is really, really important. 
and we're, we're doing those things. And I don't know if it'll equate to um, just the best season in school history or anything like that. I don't know, but I do know this. We're impacting and changing lives every single day. And at the end of the day, I'm able to lay my head down at night knowing that we're, we're, we're working for the betterment of our student-athletes. And that's really, really important to me as a staff. And I do have a great staff. I, they, I, these guys have kept me afloat. Um, they, they do an absolute ton. I mean, J.J. was with me up at Augustana. Uh, as a student manager for a couple mm-hmm. of years before being a GA up at the University of Mary for Joe Cattell. Um, and then Ryan Olson and Dalton Bornholt were here last year. And they kind of had to steady the ship when it was pretty rocky in the middle of the summer. And they did a great job with that. I mean, we wouldn't be where we are as a program without the guys on the staff. I mean, it's, it's never about me at all. It's 100% what our players are doing and the staff. I'm smart enough to know that I don't know everything. So I hire smarter people around me that can answer a lot of questions because I'm, I'm, I'm not the end all be all I'm, I'm here for feedback. I need, I need assistance. And I talk to our guys all the time about their thoughts on things and how we can do things better and what their approach is on something. And so that's helped alleviate a lot of the concerns that I do have. Obviously I'm in one of the toughest conferences in the entire country. Very, very talented players that uh, could, could play at any level. And they, and they're in the G pack because they're full experience because they are at great schools getting a great education. They're at great communities with really, really, really good coaches. Um, and, and in turn, that makes that makes it hard. That makes uh, that makes my job really, really tough going against them because there's a lot of really co- good coaches in this league too. But it's that, that that's all part of it, and we got to be able to adjust to it and, and understand we, we have a niche, and, and we got to be able to play to it. Um, what I'm looking forward to is I'm looking at, and believe it or not, but I'm looking forward to some road games in the G pack. Yep. I mean, this is, it's a historic league. I mean, I, I, I love the atmosphere and the crowd. That's what, as a player you, you strive for, you dream of. Nobody sits there and be like, Oh, I want to play a road game, but there's nobody in the stands at all. There's, there's 42 people there and you can hear everything. Nobody wants to do that. They all want it. You want to go into a place where the, where, where it's loud and the crowd is, is roaring at you and you hit a big shot to quiet the crowd down and you get a big defensive stop and a, and force a turnover. I mean, that's, that's the part that I'm looking forward to because the, the league is so historic. The, the arenas that we're going to play in, the coaches that, that I get to um, have the honor of coaching against, um, I'm really looking forward to that that challenge because there's just a lot of really, really good uh, people that, that are in this GPAC that, that I'm honored to be affiliated with. Boy, Coach, I really agree with you. Road games, even as a fan, I'm just a fan, but boy, I love road games. I go to every road game, and I love road games. And the, the more packed it is and the louder it is, the better. You know, a very yeah. good a very good friend of mine. He played uh, basketball at Oregon Tech for Danny Miles, and we were driving somewhere. And I asked him, I said, "What is your best memory playing on Danny Miles Court?" And he said, "You know, it was always cool, the big crowd. It was always." But he goes, "I remember the road games." Yeah, <laughs> there's just something. It, it, well, it's, it, it, it's the road games, but it's also that bus trip afterwards. It's also when you go on the road against a top ten team and you can get a win and you get that bus ride back. And we have shorter travel. We're in a great location. But there's probably going to be a couple games I wish that bus ride might be a little bit longer so we could enjoy it on that bus. Those are fun bus trips. Yeah. You come back after after a big win, that, that's where those memories are, are, are created. You're exactly right. It's, it's just that, that feeling that you get with your team and you can spend time with your teammates and, and celebrate how hard you've worked and, and, and achieving the result that you're working for every single day. I remember when my oldest, no, my youngest boy was still young. He is probably 9 or 10, and he went to, uh, we went to a road game down in Salem. And it was a team that we always struggled with. Very good program, Western Oregon. They're NC2A Division Two now. Good. Very good, very good. Yeah, we played them in the when we won the national championship at Augustana. We played them in the Final Four. Yeah, they're a very historic program. We always it was always a tough game when we went in there, and and we lost a very very close game. And we were walking out to the car. My son, like I say, he was about ten. I looked over and he had tears in his eyes. 
And we got in the car and I said, did that hurt? He goes, yeah, that really hurts. I says, remember how excited you were when we left wherever it was the other night and we beat him? I said, that, that feeling doesn't come without this feeling. Mm-hmm. And losing is just as big a part of learning how to go through life as winning is. And they, no, you got to know, you got to know how to do both. Yep. Yeah. Well, and not just that, but learning how to process it mm-hmm. and learn how to handle it. You got a little adversity and, and you got to figure out how to handle it. And, and are you going to let it steamroll? And are you going to turn one or two losses into a six game losing streak? Or can you turn it into a little pothole and you get right back on that horse again and, and, and you fight and you got a little bit of urgency um, and you tighten up what you need to tighten up to get better at it. Um, and I think how you handle it is just so incredibly important. Like you say, the, the lessons that you learn that carry you through in life that 15 years from now, these guys are going to have adversity hit and they got to know how to handle it. You can't pout. You can't blame others. You got to get back in. You got to work. You, you got you got to find a way to fix it. There's always a solution. You just got to find a way. And uh, it's important to teach our guys that and have those conversations with them because we're going to we're going to have adversity this year. It's going to smack us in the face. And, and it's our job to be prepared for it and then be ready to, to make sure we bounce back when that does happen. And a lot of players listen to this podcast. I'm going to give you one piece of advice. When you lose a big road game, you walk off the court with your head up. <laughs> head up. There's there's no doubt about that. It's I, I actually coach Biller had talked to me about that one time when we had a we had a big, big booster function after one of our games and we had lost and me and him are walking side by side and he goes, This isn't gonna be a whole lot of fun. But understand if you enjoy it when you win, you can better make sure you do it when you lose too. And, you know, you walk in, you, you hold yourself accountable for it. You're just fine. You're going to get back to work and you'll find a way to fix it. And so a- a- absolutely, you know, losses are part of it. And, and you can't sit there and mope about it. You just got to find the solution and, and work to get better and bounce back that next day. I 100% agree with that. Well, Coach, I've really enjoyed the opportunity to meet you and talk to you. I really look forward to following you guys as you get deeper into the season. You got a couple games that I've kind of starred, but I'm really looking forward to that GPAC conference starting. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. We do have a couple of tough contests that are coming up that that will really prepare us for GPAC play. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a it's going to be a gauntlet. And no, unfortunate part about our conference is you beat up on each other so much, mm-hmm. um, where it kind of ends up kind of knocking knocking people down. Where um, you know, when you look at our non-conference, we're we're pretty darn good so far uh, across the board and and from top to bottom. It's a it's a great league with some really good coaches. I'm looking forward to going against them and. I don't have any game start I, except for Sunday. That's our next one. You can't go. I can't go four and zero until we go three and zero. And right now, I'm I'm glad we can be two and zero and happy we're undefeated as we work to get better. But we're trying to get that next one right now, and and that's on us to be able to find a way to do that. Yeah, see, you're a coach. You got to have that discipline. I'm a fan. I can, <laughs> I can look ahead. You could circle any game that you want, unless you're that's Tom right. Brady. If you're Tom Brady, you could circle that New England game <laughs> this year. And you know what? He was just fine doing it. And he had a lot of success when he did it. But he's uh, he's a different breed of a of a human, and and uh, what a, what a tremendous player that he is. But that mindset that he has is so important to have. Well, coach, I I look forward to uh, talking to you more as the GPAC season starts. Hopefully, we can get you back on one or two times. I would really appreciate that if you could do that. Would love would love it. Appreciate all your coverage that you do for small college basketball for NAI. Um, anything we could ever do for you, never hesitate to reach out and ask. We're we're here for anybody and everybody to help uh, help serve and um, assist in any way that we possibly can. So we're we're here and anything I can ever do, I'm always willing to help. Okay, thank you very much, coach. Thank you. We'll be right back.